0: You know, sometimes you may be thinking that you should go down one way, and, and you're limiting yourself. And to really pray, you know, that prayer, uh, I think, could open up some amazing doors and some amazing opportunities. And what you deemed or thought was success may be completely different. You know, the Lord has given me the opportunity at North Star Commercial Partners uh, to have an impact and to, you know, communicate uh, with individuals that may not normally know about faith. And that's where the Lord has placed me uh, at this time.
1: What is that prayer? Stay tuned. Welcome to Eternal Leadership, a show dedicated to equipping and inspiring leaders to accomplish what God has created in them. I'm Steve Ryder, and that was today's guest, Brian Watson. Now, Brian is the CEO of North Star Commercial Partners, a privately held commercial real estate company in Denver. And my co host, John Ramstead, wanted to bring him on to talk about how to leverage the use of your time, talent, or treasure to influence and make a positive impact in the culture around you. And how you shouldn't wait until you're making the money you dream of. Start now. This is a good one. Here now is how John and I got that conversation started on this edition of Eternal Leadership.
2: All right, Steve, today on Eternal Leadership, we have a friend of mine, Brian Watson. Yeah, and how do you know Brian? You know, Brian and I, we first met here in Denver Uh, Brian, I believe this was back when you were considering a run for governor. You've always taken your platform and business and leadership and been very, very involved in the community and just using your skills and your talents to influence everything around you from, uh, you know, in the world of charity. We actually met at Save Our Youth. You were the president of the board of Save Our Youth.
0: Yes, that's what it was.
2: Yep, and I think that's the evening that we first met, and I've just been following you and became a friend and just been impressed with everything that you've done. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today.
0: Well, I'm honored to join you. Thank you so much.
2: Well, you know, Brian, as we get started, we always ask our our guests to just take some time and just share a little about yourself and your background so people can get to know you before we dive in.
0: Well, absolutely, and again, thank you for having me on. You know, I come from a, a family of entrepreneurs, And real estate construction was always a part of that and grew up on the western slope of Colorado in a little town by the name of Olathe, uh, known for its sweet corn. And so everything about the western slope, uh, hunting and fishing and appreciation of the great outdoors are in my heart. And I got the opportunity to go to school at the University of Colorado at Boulder, graduated with a real estate degree, Uh, became a broker for seven years with Cushman and Wakefield, representing landlords and tenants around the country. But always wanted to have my own company, and so founded North Star Commercial Partners about 15 years ago. North Star, we focus on buying vacant real estate uh, to create jobs and opportunity for people, and we buy assets around the country. And in addition to North Star, we've been fortunate in founding some other uh, non-profit organizations, a foundation, and the Opportunity Coalition, and we just try to have a, a positive impact. I've been married for 18 years and have three kids, 11, 14, and 22 and uh, just blessed to uh, again be on the show today
2: well I appreciate that and you know Brian something that's really as you know when I think about you I think about somebody that really has your arrows really pointed outward you're always focused on serving individuals sewing into just people's lives the community where where did that come from
0: you know when I was young uh, my parents uh, told me that you're a, a blessed person if you could have an impact in one life And you might be fortunate to have an impact in many lives, thousands of lives, but focused on the one. And so for me, I've always approached my relationships to say, you know, what can I help this other person and what can I contribute across the table versus what can I get from it? And even in business, uh, that served me very well. I think oftentimes, you know, people in different business interactions start a relationship by trying to get a sale or get someone to do something. For me, I go and say, you know, what is the opportunity here and uh, where's the Lord leading this conversation? And then from that discussion, then decide, okay, how can I benefit this individual? And the more that I think that you give across the table, frankly, the more that you receive and and things take care of themselves. So it's something that started in me very young. Uh, I really love uh, creating opportunity and empowering people to achieve their dreams. Uh, It's just one of the uh, the gifts that's been given to me, and I love to come alongside people and help where we can.
2: You know, when you talk about empowering people, helping them achieve your dreams, what Maybe give us uh, an example, some things that uh, some real high points along the way that of where that's come to the front.
0: Well, you know, I believe everybody has a dream and uh, their dream is maybe different than my dream, but you know, they have these different dreams and the goal is to figure out, you know, how can you help remove some of the roadblocks to empower them to go and achieve that to make a positive impact. You know, I'll give you an example of a, a opportunity that we recently uh, helped with uh, is in the African community uh, here in Denver. Uh, for 7 years, uh, immigrants from Africa were trying to create their own cultural center and business incubator. And they tried and tried and these people came, you know, they risked everything and left their families behind in Africa to come to the United States to achieve the American dream. And so we met them uh, through buying another building called the Innovation Pavilion, which is a business incubator. Bought that from a lender uh, to create jobs and opportunity for people. And we went out uh, with the African business leaders and identified a building on East Colfax. That was another lender-owned property. It had been vacant. And we bought that asset, and it's being improved right now and there's about hundred fifty thousand africans within a few mile radius of this building and they'll be going in there and creating a cultural center a food court where you can try food from all different areas throughout africa uh... and a business incubator and an event center you know in the african community when they're having weddings or funerals or whatever it might be you know these aren't hour-long uh... you know items these are uh, a day-long celebration And so now they will have their own event center uh, and their own cultural area so that not only themselves, but people from outside the community can go in and build bridges with them. So we're very excited Mm. about that, and that's one example. We just feel blessed to come alongside these people who are trying to make a positive impact.
2: Well, you know, speaking of positive impact, that's a big theme of yours. You know, people that are listening to us that are in leadership positions, what would you share with them about making a positive impact You know, in the community that they're in, in the lives that they're touching right now?
0: Well, I would share a few things. I mean, I think every day that we get up in the morning, we get a choice. Uh, we can either be proactive or we can be reactive in our life. And, you know, things always happen. We always have our trials and tribulations, and we react to those. But the more that you can be an architect of your life and be proactive uh, to go out and to make that impact, I think it's very important. You know, I believe that each of us can give of our time, our talent, or our treasure to be able to go bless and impact another life. And sadly, I think oftentimes people think, Well, you know what, I only make X or Y, but you know, when I make Z then by golly, then I'll really be able to have an impact. Well, you can have an impact by just saying a kind word to somebody, uh, when you're getting your coffee in the morning, um uh, by helping somebody across the street uh and even in, in financial resources you know in Colorado alone as an example there are over 20,000 nonprofits and over half of those have a budget of under $20,000 a year and if you think about that if you're able to give $5 $10 $100 to some of these organizations you are having a, a very positive impact and as a christian uh sometimes you know i believe uh we're often known what we're more what we're against than what we're for and I want to change that dialogue and discourse, and be known for my love and my service above everything else, uh, regardless of how many great big real estate deals I do or anything like that. Is to have a life well lived and being known for one's love and service to others. Uh, to me, would be you know the greatest achievement uh, to hear in my life.
2: Well, I think that is such an important point. You know, being known what we're for—love and service, building relationships, serving others. Because you know, you look at. Christ's ministry. Uh, it was not a, a ministry that was divisive. Of course, there was people that uh, didn't like his ministry. Uh, but I was thinking as you were talking, there's 20,000 charities just here in Denver. I'm sure it's it's similar in a lot of metropolitan areas. In addition to financial needs, there are so many resources that we have as individuals in in just leadership, organization, you know, the business skills that we have that we're using every day. How are you encouraging people to apply those skills and give of you know that time and that part of their treasure to these to these nonprofits? Well,
0: that's an excellent point. You know, we just had Doug Jackson, who's head of Project Cure, uh, you know, located here in Denver, come to the Opportunity Coalition last week, and I actually just got to do some research on the amount of charities. and There's about 1.5 million uh, charities throughout the United States. And uh, right now, as a country, we give about $335 billion uh, to these different groups. But you think about business leaders themselves, and whatever that means for you, uh, you may have a strong accounting background, management background. Each one of these charities uh, could benefit from having you on a board or an advisory position uh, to be able to help guide them. You know, a lot of these people and organizations have a good heart and they're well-intended, but they're not necessarily uh, business people, they're not entrepreneurs. And the ability to, to come alongside and help give them some guidance and resources from your perspective uh, and your business acumen, I think, would be very, very powerful uh, to make sure that they have sustainability and runway, because, you know, it's great that you have a charity that wants to go impact the world, but if it's not going to stay around and be available, uh, then that's even more heartbreaking. So I, I agree. I think that each business person has something to contribute, whether it be, you know, an hour a month at a, at a board meeting, uh, or whether it be financial resources and, and guidance with regard to
2: that yeah, and I think a lot of times uh, you bring up such a great point that you know the startup phase of a lot of nonprofits are people that just have this incredible passion for their cause their idea the the mission statement they 've they 've come up with, and they 're able to you know raise some some funds originally, but how to create an actual entity that that's self sustaining and and some of these business principles is is not an area where they have a lot of experience, so just going out and taking time in mentoring some of these kind of social entrepreneurs can have an enormous impact and influence in the culture.
0: I agree wholeheartedly.
2: So, you know, one of the other things that you talked about, um, you know, as you're going out, you're looking at the uh, the work that you're doing is really creating job opportunities. And I know you're very involved in leadership program of the Rockies, uh, Talk about some of the things that you're doing also to equip this current generation of leaders and the next generation of leaders, Brian, that are coming up uh, uh, behind us.
0: Well, you know, I've been blessed with uh, having the opportunity to travel a good part of the world. And what I try to tell people here in in the United States as I give my different talks is that, you know, we have won the historical lottery of all time uh, to live where and when and how we do in the United States of America. Uh, we're not perfect. Uh, we still got a long ways to go for sure, but you think about uh, we live better than kings and queens of antiquity uh, in America, even when we're having a, a tough day. I mean, go to the grocery store, for instance, and see all the different food and things that are just right at your reach, and, and with that comes a responsibility. And so we're uh, very big in trying to to come alongside people and to have them recognize uh, not only what they have been given and blessed with, uh, but also how they can go out and have a positive impact, not only within their communities here locally, but nationally and even around the world. You know, there's a good part of the world who lives uh, on sustenance that's under a dollar a day and i think that the more that we can have people realize that they have this social responsibility and and not only as a, a requirement but as an opportunity you know i think giving is one of those things that should be looked at as as an opportunity and a blessing to have the the ability to give uh, versus having a requirement to give and i think the lord frankly appreciates that when you're giving um... with a with a happy heart and what I've learned in life is that the more that you contribute uh, to others and the more that you give, uh, frankly, the the more good things happen. And I don't think it's a scale of, you know, God saying, well, you know, you've done ten good things and, and one bad thing, so I'll give you some more good things. Uh, it's just more of, of a heart and a thankful and grateful heart uh, that is serving your, your fellow man. And uh, to me, uh, I think that that is very rewarding, and I think that the more that people do it, the more contagious it becomes and it becomes a kind of a natural instinct for them to go on and want to create more opportunity for others.
2: Well, it's interesting, you know, as you're talking, there's so many people that I'm sure we both know that they see their charitable giving budget as part of their marketing efforts and they're giving through obligation or what's going to be the, you know, the quid pro quo or the, you know, the return on their charitable investment for them personally or their business. But this whole concept of being a cheerful giver and and giving out of your heart and how God has led you, is it it seems like a subtle shift, maybe for some people a big shift, but the difference in just the joy that brings into your life, giving from the right place, giving from that cheerful place, uh, is such a more powerful place to be in in just who you are as a person.
0: Well, I agree with that, you know, and I believe that a lot of people uh, want to give, but they don't know necessarily how to give uh... or they don't want to be taken advantage of and you know i think giving like anything in life is a learned trait uh... it's this idea of starting and being faithful and trying to give of your time talent or treasure and you know going and and seeking others and, and guidance of okay how can i give and how can i do it in an impactful way uh... that is going to make a difference i think a lot of people want to you know have a transformational impact and they want to be part of something larger than themselves and the ability to kind of learn and go through that journey uh, together, uh, you know, I think is a lot of fun. And uh, But it's not easy, and it's something that can't be just, you know, put aside. It has to be something that's intentional and being thoughtful about how you're giving to make that impact. Now,
2: was that an evolution for you, uh, becoming this cheerful giver, Brian, or has that always been your heart?
0: You know, I've always loved to give and to serve others, um, but I have had a journey over the last few years in really uh, making sure that I'm giving from first fruits. Uh, you know, oftentimes in giving, you know, especially when you're looking at your financial giving, after you pay all your other bills, then you kind of come down to the end and say, okay, well, how much should I give, you know, based on that? And I've tried to turn that on its head. I'm, I'm part of a group called Generous Giving which is just a phenomenal organization. And they don't want a dollar of your money. Uh, They just want to encourage this thing called giving. And so I've really tried to, in my life, focus on trying to give from first fruits and, um, and to have that impact and to push myself on the amount of giving uh, you know, I personally, I went through a journey of creating a foundation um, that, you know, it's the Brian Watson Foundation that goes out to try to give from first fruits uh, from our different deals and to have uh, an impact with regards to that. But, you know, it is a constant journey, and uh, but it's a fun one. And uh, I think it's one that really helps to set your priorities in line of, you know, what kind of person you want to be and what kind of impact you want to have.
2: You know, when you thought through that, the impact that you want to have, you know, how to give. And by the way, Generous Giving is a great organization. I would really encourage people to, to check that out. We'll put a link to that in in the post about this show, Brian. But what are your thoughts
0: on that? Uh, in, in terms of going through the process of giving?
2: Yeah, just going through the process. How did you determine where and how you wanted to make an impact? You talked about the how of giving.
0: Yeah. So for me, I broke it down into a few primary categories. I mean, the first one that I think that you know, it's pretty clear in the Bible of, of serving, you know, widows and, and orphans and, and people that are less fortunate. Um, I personally don't like giving to organizations that had a, a lot of overhead, and I personally on my giving want to make sure I get the money out the door uh, versus it having sit in some kind of foundation. You know, we don't know how long any of us, you know, have on this planet. You know, my stepfather, uh, when I was 16 years of age, uh, he was 39. Uh, he went away to work in the morning, and that evening he came home and he died in the floor in front of me and uh, from an asthma attack. And that was a very transformational impact for me and in, in my life at that time, because I really realized that a couple things. One, none of us know how long we have on this planet. Uh, two, make sure that the people around you know how you feel about them. Uh, make sure that you tell them that you love them often, because you may not make it home uh, from work on a particular day. And so uh for us, uh, I really want to make sure that whatever money that I have come into my foundation, that we get it out there and that we try to have that impact uh, because you never know uh, when you're supposed to have that impact in that life. And I'd rather do it sooner rather than later. And so then we broke it down into certain categories, and uh f- tried to figure out, okay, how do we want to encourage our kids in this thing called giving and this journey and um so we really focus on grassroots giving we love giving uh where we don't get any recognition and um so our church and other people know that they can reach out to us. Uh, and we can give on that level, and we also give to organizations. But uh, I really am not interested in having a, a building named after me or anything like that. Uh, I'd rather have a, you know impact with people and, and making that transition.
1: Brian, how important is it for you to give to organizations that you're passionate about? What what does that do to fuel that that desire to give?
0: Well, you know, there's definitely organizations out there that have, you know, the uh, makeup and the ability to go ahead and execute that I could never, you know, do. So uh, I love, uh, you know, hearing about those organizations and and learning and and getting to, to meet new ones and, uh, to see them go have that impact. So it absolutely fuels that fire and, uh, is, and they have those resources at the same time for me, you know, I'm not interested in giving to an organization with a, with a lot of overhead. Um, and one that, you know, I guess a, at the end of the day, a litmus test for me in an organization is one that's trying to put themselves out of business because they're trying to accomplish whatever it is that they're trying to do. And, uh, and success for them is when that thing is accomplished, that they will eventually be out of business. Now, there's so much need out there uh, that most of those organizations will will never go out of business. But that goal of trying to make sure that they're having that transformational impact, um, that's really a key component for us in terms of what organizations we support.
1: Personally, for you, what are your biggest passions?
0: Well, you know, I'm not one of those individuals who's focused into one area. Um, so, you know, my passions uh, are about entrepreneurship and, and leadership and, and creating opportunity for people. I believe a job and, and achieving one's dream is, is one of the most dignifying things that we can, we can provide. Uh, from, a, from a faith perspective and from a nonprofit perspective, you know, that idea, you know, I love uh, groups like, you know, Opportunity International, where they're going out and, and providing micro loans for people to start businesses. It's about really teaching someone to fish versus just giving them a fish. So any organization that tries to help people uh, by giving them dignity, by giving them respect, and empowering them; those are the things that that really interest me. So it, it starts with the basic needs like water and resources that maybe a project cure or a mercy ships may support. And got to support those different organizations and be on the board of of mercy ships for a number of years uh, to other organizations that are kind of working people into you know from sustenance uh, on towards you know jobs and empowerment. Um, so there's a few different things, but you know I have a heart for those are probably the main ones that I would have a heart for.
2: You know, Brian, as you've worked on all this and just shared your passions out of this has grown something you've started on your own the opportunity coalition you know what what prompted you to start that and and maybe you could share with the listeners what that is
0: well, the Opportunity Coalition is a non-profit you know, that I founded here in Colorado, and I did it because I ran for office a few years ago, and that was an interesting experience. But as I went through that process, I really noticed that Colorado specifically was somewhat disconnected. Uh, there were people on the western slope, there were people in the mountain region, the Front Range, uh, and the Eastern Plains. And they were somewhat disconnected by geography, uh, but also, you know, business and and politics and academia and nonprofits, they weren't as connected as I thought maybe they uh, should be. And uh, I've been blessed and fortunate with just knowing a lot of people, and so I founded the Opportunity Coalition. And in the Innovation Pavilion building that I acquired, that business incubator that I mentioned earlier, uh, we bring in a speaker once a month uh, from a different, you know, facet of society, and they share their golden nuggets of wisdom. And uh, those videos can be seen online at theopportunitycoalition.com. And people can come. Uh, we have a few hundred people that show up uh, once a month, and they learn about those golden nuggets of wisdom and to see how they apply to their business. Uh, or non-profit or venture already people have uh, created uh, new jobs and new companies together new initiatives together and it's a very positive you know learning environment and uh, my goal is that uh, you know high tides raise all boats so people can can learn more we also do a podcast where you know I interview uh, one to two people a week from around the country and uh, those golden nuggets are shared as well so the primary goal of the Opportunity Coalition is to promote free enterprise, uh, to promote bridges of connection and understanding for people uh, so that they can go out and have a positive impact in the world.
2: You know, bridges of connection, Brian, I've noticed, especially in the nonprofit world, uh, each of these groups is siloed and, and they're very protective of their donors and their mission and their, their spheres of influence. What have you done to help create collaboration? In where the, I've seen that in practice. Some incredible synergy comes out of that, the results are amplified, but the mindset of a lot of people in the nonprofit world, they don't think that way.
0: Well, you know, I uh, would say two things to that, you know, one, when you hold things with white knuckles uh, in your hands, uh, those things will be taken away from you. And so uh, the other thing I would say is that, you know, there's a people out there who believe in a single slice of pie and everybody's trying to fight over that single slice of pie. And, you know, if I get a bite of it, then I've taken away from somebody else. Well, I believe that, you know, we should be in the pie making business and we should make more pies and uh, create, you know, a larger opportunity for people. So I encourage encourage people to work together, uh, to be open and to be collaborative with each other and that by doing so, there's gonna be more opportunity, more learning lessons, and frankly, more resources, financial and otherwise, available for them. But the more they try to just control and dominate and hold things with white knuckles, uh, the more that I think it uh, will not be uh, productive for them uh, or profitable for them in the long run.
2: What are some of the barriers to collaboration that you've seen?
0: Well, you know, I think uh, sometimes uh, when you look at barriers to collaboration, uh, it's about people thinking it's about them and you know it's not about them and it's not about me uh it's about a larger opportunity and, and creating that blessing uh in society uh, so i would think that you know one ego uh, would probably get into the into the mix there uh, i would think also a mindset of scarcity this idea that we only have so much and if i give to you then it will take away from me uh, i come from a mindset of abundance There's lots of opportunity out there, not only to help others, but there's lots of opportunity for donors and a host of other things, but you need to be open to it and you need to be, you know, listening and and cognizant of it. So I think if you, you know, get rid of the ego and focus on a mindset of abundance and focusing on truly serving others in love, wonderful, amazing things happen.
2: Yeah, I've noticed that, you know, if you're truly tied into your relationship with God and just authentically trying to live out what he's had you do in your life. The resources are always going to be there. And that white knuckle that you talk about, I I think that really comes from a mindset of just looking at where things come from, from the world. It's kind of this traditional view that a lot of us have that we're bringing into different parts of our life. But if we can let go of that and really tuck in, uh, into that relationship we have with God and look at, you know, as a member of the body of Christ, all these pieces are working together. So why wouldn't we collaborate?
0: It's so true. And I think that, you know, oftentimes uh, the Lord may weep uh, when he sees just how um, small-minded we can be and for me i try to go before the, the throne of the lord and you know some people may go there and and have that whatever it is in their hand with white knuckles some may open up their hand and, and have their palms up you know for me uh, i try to always turn my palms down and uh... whatever's in my hand and whatever's on my heart i put before the lord and uh... and let him you know, help guide me through it, and uh, to have his will. You know I think one of the most powerful and dangerous prayers that we can ever pray is to say to the Lord, your will not mine." And you have to be careful with that prayer because it can lead you down some very interesting, dirty, dusty roads and, and areas that you may never thought that you wanted to go to. But I believe when you do that, I think the Lord comes alongside and blesses you and and, uh, and have you really realize your true potential and having that impact for others. And I think it's very exciting.
2: So dangerous in a way that the uh, the con- the consequences of such prayer could lead you in areas that you never
0: expected, right? Exactly, exactly. You you know, I love the old saying, if you want to make the Lord laugh, i tell him your plans. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's true. You know, we all have this idea of, okay, here's what my life is going to look like, and here's how I'm going to architect my life. And You know, sometimes you may be thinking that you should go down one way and and you're limiting yourself. And to really pray, you know, that prayer, uh, I think, could open up some amazing doors and some amazing opportunities. And what you deemed or thought was success may be completely different. You know, the Lord has given me the opportunity at North Star Commercial Partners uh, to have an impact and to, you know, communicate uh, with individuals that may not normally know about faith. And that's where the Lord has placed me uh, at this time. He may change that over time. But uh, so it's really interesting. I would have never thought that, you know, being in the place that I'm in right now that I could have the impact that I am. But uh, it's an amazing experience.
2: Well, that's, that is a great thought. You know, as we wrap up, I'd love for you to share, Brian, uh, what, how, do you, how have you been successful at bringing your faith in your heart into just day-to-day interactions both at North Star and in just what you what you do on a daily basis
0: Well, I think a few things I think first and foremost being authentic and being real Uh, for me I don't wear uh, my faith on my sleeve and I'm not trying to push it down anybody's throat Uh, I focus on um, showing love uh, being honest and having integrity and to going out and having a positive impact and from that uh sometimes people say you know what's different about this person and and what drives them and and then that leads to a conversation of faith uh, and impact like that i think one of the best ways that again we can be known for our love and our service and, and through that i think that that being at that point of light Uh, has you be different in society. And I think that that uh, attracts a lot of people It encourages a lot of people and starts them on a journey and discussion. And for that, I'm grateful and and, uh, just want to do what we can, uh, given the time that we have on this planet to make that positive impact.
2: Well, great answer, Brian. And as we finish, any final thoughts you'd like to leave with uh, everybody listening to this?
0: No, I mean, I love what you're doing here on the program, uh, so thank you uh, for what you're doing. And I would encourage people. Uh, you know, Christians, uh, uh, we're in the minority, and uh, and we need more great leaders and people having that impact. So, you know, our doubts uh, are traitors, and so uh, figure out uh, what it is that you can go out and have that impact, and, uh, and I encourage people to do it. And if I can ever be a resource, people can learn more about what we're doing at brianwatson.us and uh, I'd be honored to to uh, come alongside and help and uh, try to make that positive impact with them.
2: Awesome, thanks for sharing that, Brian. And how else can people get in touch with you? Is your website the best place or are there some other spots?
0: Yeah, brianwatson.us uh, has all of our different initiatives, whether it be the Opportunity Coalition or North Star or Education Opportunity Fund, which we founded to create um, uh, Power Parents with uh, Choice uh, throughout Colorado and also the country. And uh, there's different uh, areas on there that people can get access to us. So that's the easiest way is nus
2: Awesome. Thank you so much, Brian.
0: Thank Thanks, you. Brian. Have a wonderful day.
1: Let's start changing this world where we're at and show God we can be good stewards, whether we've been given one talent or 10. If you'd like to learn more about Brian, get his updates, just go to our show notes at eternalleadership.com slash zero six one. That's eternalleadership.com zero six one, or click on the link embedded in the summary of this MP3. Thank you to everyone that's been interacting with us on social media and everyone that's reached out to us personally through email. We've had a chance to take some of you out for coffee or a meal as you've been traveling through Colorado Springs or the Denver areas. And I got to tell you something, it's been fun getting to know you all. So if you haven't reached out to us, please do. If you'd like to email us, steve at eternal leadership.com or john at eternalleadership.com or just copy us both. Visit us on Facebook, facebook.com slash eternalleadership or interact with us in our private LinkedIn group. Just type eternal leadership in the search box and see it there. Special thanks to Justin Jeffrey for his editing and production help on this episode. Next time on Eternal Leadership, author and speaker, Dondi Scumaci.
0: Look up, look up, look up. There is a bigger picture that you are part of and don't lose sight of that.
1: Our former guest, Bob Berg, called Dondi the female John Maxwell. I love that. For John Ramstead, I'm Steve Ryder, and thank you for listening to Eternal Leadership.